Hey everyone, and welcome back to Taproom's podcast, WTF Am I Drinking? This is where we get together to talk about drinks, the ins, the outs, what they're all about, why we love them. I'm Courtney Eisman, and I'm your host. I work on Taproom's blog. I'm joined by Hannah Heath, creative lead covering brand strategy, development, and awareness for Taproom. Each episode, we're turning to a brand we love to walk us all through a different fascinating aspect of beer and other beverages, from ingredients to process to pairings. Make sure to check out our episodes so far about Piquet Spritzes with Ditto and about Kvike Yeast with Oslo Brewing Company. Today, we're talking about the exciting world of non-alcoholic beer. We're sitting down with Dermot Woods, project manager at Athletic Brewing Company, which is located in Stratford, Connecticut, with a facility in San Diego. Athletic Brewing Company has reimagined what non-alcoholic beer can be, creating a truly craft experience with a wide array of beautifully brewed styles. They've inspired other breweries and brands to follow suit, helping to grow this market and field of options for truly anyone who seeks everything great about beer without the buzz. Dermot tells us about the brand itself, sheds some light on non-alcoholic beer in general, and walks us through some of Athletic's exciting styles. Take a listen, and for the transcript as well as a video, head to Taproom's blog. This is WTF Am I Drinking, non-alcoholic beer with Athletic Brewing Company. All right. Well, here we are. Taproom is here with Athletic Brewing Company, represented by uh, project manager Dermot Woods, which we are we're so excited to talk with you. We love Athletic here at Taproom and we're like so excited for other people to get to know the brand. I mean, I'm sure many of them do, but no, thank you so much for joining us to, to talk about the brand. Thanks very much. Uh, yeah, really excited to be on. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Let's let's go ahead and get right into it because we've got a lot to talk about. Um, but before we get so obviously the big topic is non-alcoholic beer. Um, but let's just talk a little bit about Athletic Brewing Company in particular. Um, I think it would just be fun to get to sort of know Athletic's like origin story and just sort of really how it came to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it all started back in um, well before we we were founded in two thousand seventeen. Um, with our uh, co-founder, Bill Schufelt. Um, he decided that alcohol was no longer, you know, jiving with his pursuit of a healthier lifestyle. Um, so he still wanted to enjoy a good beer uh, just without the alcohol. And uh, he was faced with, you know, on nights out, kind of non-inspiring, non-alcoholic options in front of him. So he kind of went down this path of creating a great tasting craft, non-alcoholic beer that maybe didn't exist. Um, so as you can imagine, that was a, a heavy lift with a lot of hurdles. Um, so he faced a, a challenge there initially in, in um, the conception and getting brewers to kind of take his idea, um, this idea of craft non-alcoholic seriously, but um, thankfully he, um, he met with, uh, John Walker, who was an award-winning brewer out in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And he was very excited by, um, the challenge that was presented, um, of brewing this craft non-alcoholic beer and, uh, got up and moved out, out, out east, uh, to Stratford, Connecticut. 
And from there, they uh, started brewing hundreds of test batches and kind of grew from there. Rest is history, as they say. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Well, we we are actually going to get into a little bit of that history Um, because one of, I think, you know, the really exciting things about Athletic is that it really came along and created this explosion in the non-alcoholic beer market. Um, you know, it blazed this trail for other brands that they would eventually come along and follow. Um, you know, non-alcoholic beer, as you mentioned, has been around forever, but it was kind of like limited to like these really big brands and it sort of tasted like an afterthought. I don't think that people looking for that really felt like considered in their options, if that makes sense. Um, so, I mean, why was it so important for Athletic to change that? And really, frankly, like, how did the team know that they could? You know, like, if no one had really done a good non-alcoholic IPA before, like, how did Athletic know that they were going to be able to crack that? Um, yeah, that, again, kind of ties to Bill's story a little. Um, you know, the options that he had on that night out, you know, they were pretty outdated or, you know, just not available or if they were it was that as they say the dusty bottle in the back of the fridge that was presented so um you know non-alc as a category hasn't really changed or or hadn't really changed or shifted direction at all in um probably 25 30 years um so bill and john you know they really wanted to rise to the occasion and create a craft offering, um, fully fermented, great tasting beer, uh, huge variety of styles, um, and just happened to be um, non-alcoholic. So the mantra, you know, that I've grown up with here and always was and always will be like, if it doesn't taste good, like, don't put it out. Um, and uh, believe me, we've had our ones that we've thrown out. So uh, they really, you know, in the beginning and ever since Bill and John, they, they really took their time to really perfect the process before um, going to market. And uh, that's obviously been a, a huge backbone to our overall success. <clears throat> so I, I think you, you kind of addressed this already, um, but do you want to maybe address like sort of personally your own personal beliefs on this? Uh, Cause I, you know, I kind of want to take talk about the importance of having such a range of options in non-alcoholic craft beer. Um, so first from your perspective and then why it's important to consumers. So do you just want to talk a little bit about why you think it's so important to have like a full range of options for people seeking non-alcoholic beer? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely answer from a, a personal standpoint. Um, I quit uh, alcohol, uh, I think somewhere north of five years ago. Um, it was kind of at a similar to Bill, a time in my life when I was considering long-term healthy and, you know, I had a young family, long road ahead and kind of taking care of that family and alcohol wasn't really fitting in with my exercise goals and a lot of other lofty goals that I had, but it, it kind of scared me to to think that I could go this prolonged period of time without um, a few beers, you know? So um, it was about a year or so into my journey that I discovered athletic. And from there, um, you know, I, I found everything there that I uh, enjoyed about drinking a beer and not have to suffer the consequences uh, kind of thing or the, the, the dreaded aftermath of the morning after. Um, so, you know, I, from a personal standpoint that I, I view it, you know, people like me who still want to enjoy a beer, the, the variety is so important. Um, you don't want that, just that 
golden ale or the uh, kind of the standards, you, you know, I, I've found myself drinking more um, in non-alcoholic with sours and goes and stuff I wouldn't have tried um, back when I was uh, drinking full strength beer. So um, yeah, the, the, the variety and the choices is super important. And then what about for consumers in general, as far as, you know, you can speak to or, or that you're thinking or, or seeing being a part of athletic, you know, I think the revolution here is like for someone seeking non-alcoholic beer to be able to have the craft beer experience, you know, like to be able to walk into like a cool bottle shop in town and like have this whole range there. Like, what do you think a brand like athletic is really bringing into people's lives with all these options? Uh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, consumers are, they're, they're so hyper engaged in, in this niche. Um, you know, the, the non-alcoholic community, um, uh, you know, the, the market's kind of responding now to them and, and, and what they want, you know, it's, um, kind of, we've grown from our kind of flagship beers into other limited time offerings and our pilot program and so on and so forth. Um, so, the challenge is always there, you know, out in the market uh, to get those kind of offerings out. But the demand is definitely there. And thankfully, there's different ways that we can uh, get to our customer. Um, you know, one of them being a, a, a big one being direct to consumer. Um, but, um, you know, no matter what now, you're, you're seeing um, kind of a lot of growth in the market, a lot of uh, uh, new breweries popping up, especially in the beer world um non-alcoholic uh wise um so no matter what you're kind of chasing as a consumer now thankfully the choices are there whether it's you know a true 0, 0.0 um maybe something low carb or maybe like you know the hoppiest uh na you could find like our free wave which we'll get into later but um i've been able to enjoy it from a personal standpoint and as i said earlier i've been drinking beers that i necessarily wouldn't have had before so it's great yeah. Um, why do you think now is really the time? You know, I, I think Athletic really, as we mentioned, helped spark a lot of this sort of, you know, this non-alcoholic market really blowing open. But people are obviously really interested in this and like the pursuit feels a lot more intense and enthusiastic now. Like, do you have any thoughts on why now is like such a big moment for alcohol-free options? Um, yeah, I mean, it could be up for debate and there's, you know, there's probably multiple answers uh, for this. Um, but I think even more recently with um, like COVID and staying home and quarantine and everything we kind of collectively went through with that, um, there might be, um, there might be this kind of higher state of self-awareness or awakening or, um, as I mentioned before as well, like some kind of focus on your long-term health. Um, maybe um, folks being locked up at home or whatever, they're in front of the mirror more. Um, you know, what is my alcohol take? Is it compatible with my goals? Things I mentioned. Um, and I don't want to, like, don't get me wrong on that. I, you know, I don't think anyone in the non-alcoholic beer world or industry is out to you know, get up on their soapbox and shout about the dangers of alcohol. But um, we're more so trying to find our place in the market and we're finding our, our niche there. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, you're seeing more, um, a lot of consumers now just, you know, 
mixing in non-alcoholic to maybe balance out their alcohol intake. Um, or maybe they're doing that dry January, give their liver a break. Um, I just think, you know, non-alcoholic in general, it's kind of in this right place, right time kind of moment in the, in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, more and more people are just, you know, have more access to it and understand it a little bit better. And you're kind of seeing a little less of that kind of, um, you know, the age old kind of reaction of like, what's the point of it? Um, there's just more use cases, more access and, um, more awareness for sure. So it's in a good moment for sure. That's such a good point with COVID too, because I feel like there were two groups of people that either started drinking a lot more during COVID or just stopped drinking altogether. And I was in the boat that stopped drinking because I'm very much a social drinker. And um, it's just kind of bizarre when something that is so prevalent in your life, you know, living in New York, especially, um, that just stops all of a sudden. And then you do really start to question, um, you know, like, do I need to have this as frequently as I do? Um, and like, I don't think a lot of people really think about it, how much it affects their lifestyle just because it's so normal. And I love that people are starting this like sober curious quest and really thinking like, well, can I continue to have a social lifestyle without, um, you know, as much alcohol too. So I think it's a great conversation starter for that yeah for sure <laughs> yeah so that kind of actually leads perfectly into our next question because i think that maybe in the past too there have been like some stereotypes around non-alcoholic beer um you know some brands might come at it from like a weight loss perspective which just feels off the mark and like really dilutes the message and feels like not as inclusive as it could be or it gets you know pigeonholed into like oh, if you are pregnant and you want beer, you know, it's just, it, it sort of has been so, again, just like stereotype and pigeonholed in the past. So from athletic standpoint, like who is the athletic consumer? Like who is the non-alcoholic beer consumer? How How is it really for everyone? How does it sort of fit into everyone's lifestyle? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I, I have a pregnant lady to thank for me discovering athletic. I was out at a restaurant one night and um, uh, she was ordering this non-alcoholic beer. It wasn't even on my radar. And I was kind of was just like, oh, what's that? And uh, my wife was like, oh, you should get one. Uh, so that's the story for another day. But um, yeah, I think to answer your question, um, we have a slogan here. It's without compromise. And that's open to interpretation as to what that means. But to me, it's like being able to have a great um, tasting beer without compromising in other aspects of your day-to-day, -day, right? So um, some of the things you mentioned, you know, everyone's on their own journey when it comes to uh, weight loss or any other motivation like that. Um, you know, we're, we aren't out there to preach how a drink like athletic can help you or hinder you in that kind of journey. Um, but you know, to me, like I can, you can have an athletic in the morning, uh, which I've done plenty of times, um, before a run, after a run in the afternoon, in the evening, um, and just, you know, still go out, still go on about my day, go drive, go do whatever, like, you know, nobody's business. So, um, athletic to me and, you know, other non-alcoholic beer and drinks and everything, they've always been this, you know, additive to my daily routine, kind of like your coffee in the morning or whatever it is. 
Um, and then, you know, in terms of the consumer and the demographic, you know, it runs the gamut. Um, you know, I've seen top level athletes drinking our beer, um, you know, as their personal choice or sometimes even as a recovery drink. Um, so, you know, the demographic of who drinks our beer, you know, for whatever reason, it's definitely very vast and, and really, you know, pretty varied. Awesome. Um, so another sort of element of that lifestyle, and, and like we were saying before, with, you know, being able to really engage in the sort of craft beer world, um, even without alcohol, um, I think it's really cool that Athletic actually has a tap room, right, where people can go get that tap room experience. So why was that? Was that sort of always part of the plan? Was it always like we want to have a space? And like, why was that important? And, and what does that sort of bring to the Athletic brand? Yeah, absolutely. We're we're uh, really proud of our tap room in Stratford, Connecticut, which was our which was our first brewery, um, and we believe it was the first tap room in the nation that was like exclusive non alcoholic beer. Um, so we do our curbside pickups out of there. It's a tap room. We do events. People come from from far and wide. Um, we have six yeah six rotating um, draft lines. Um, so people can come in, we get flights, um, and take part in all the events that we do. Um, and we've literally had, as I said, people come from all over Chicago, um, had someone drive from Georgia. Um, it was pretty crazy how the lengths people will come to get their non-alcoholic craft. Um, and it just really humbles us and blows us away. So it's a really nice thing to have. Um. I'll mention later, but we're building our third brewery now. Our second is in San Diego, um, and our third brewery is coming up in Milford, and we're we're in the planning stages of our tap room there. Um, it's just you know that face to face that you get. Like with, there's many facets to our business, um, but that's the one where it's like we really get to meet our customer kind of head on and interact with them, and uh, you know the real true feedback usually comes from there and it's just a really important element to have like in the community and and part of a big part of our business um so um we also run our pilot program out of there which is like a, a small batch pilots um we've done that over the years and um some of those pilots you know we test kind of locally and um some of them go on to um you know bigger and brighter things being you know coming into our rotation more as well. So that's another good use case for, for the tap room for sure. I love that. That also like helps break the stigma of like, this truly is beer and a brewery and you're not missing out on that brewery experience either. And it's not just like, this is just a non-alcoholic option and that's it. It's like, you're getting the whole brewery aspect the um quality the um length of the flavors like courtney had talked about earlier um i just think that was so smart to bring together that community too and just continue to break down the stigma oh for sure it, get, it gets just as rowdy in there as any other brewery. <laughs> tell you that much i'm sure we actually out by me we have a uh kombucha like not hard kombucha but just like a regular kombucha tap room and it's exactly the same like it is the exact same atmosphere rowdiness and so i'm i can definitely picture that well i love that and speaking of that i know um you know athletic does events too like i've read about the Oktoberfest, and now that's definitely on my list to get to an experience and i think that that 
again, like speaking to all of that, like breaking down the sort of stigma, I think that's really important and really cool that you're like, yeah, you can do Oktoberfest without consuming alcohol. I mean, is there anything you want to talk about with athletics events or Oktoberfest in particular, like sort of how those play out? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Oktoberfest is a really fun one. Um, I think we done our third one last October. Uh, well, it might have been the last week of September, but it's a really fun event. We put it on at the tap room every year. Um, it coincides with our release of our Oktoberfest. Um, and uh, yeah, we have live music, um, amazing German food and, and uh yeah, it's just incredibly fun. We get large numbers. We got hampered a little bit in 2020, I think, with COVID. But um, historically, it's just been a, a really fun event. Um, another really cool one that um, I was personally involved with in organizing, which I, um, I'm probably going to do again this year, was the um, non-alcoholic beer mile. Um, so that um, speaks for itself. It's, it's four laps around a track, and you chug a beer on each lap. Um, so there's the regular version, the beer mile, which is actually a pretty competitive, like global event, believe it or not. They have it, um, the world championships in England, I believe every year. My God. Um, so when, when I was planning this event, it all kind of landed in my lap. We, we happened to have on our roster the, uh, of, um, ambassadors, the number one, um, actually, the the American record holder in the in the beer mile, his name is um, uh, Chris Robertson, and uh, his his buddy is uh, Corey Belmore, who's the number one uh, records holder in the beer mile, and he ran like a four four minute ten four minute twelve something like that uh, mile while plugging four beers, which blows my mind. Oh, but um, that's great. That's just a slap in the face to everybody else, honestly. You're just bragging at that point. (laughs) I'm like, what's the chances? So I was like, would you guys be interested in coming? So long story short, they came out to Connecticut. We put on this event. Hoka was involved. It it turned out to be, you know, something that we were going to do for fun with like five or 10 people. We had 50, 60 runners. We had all these heats. And like we we used our Cerveza, which goes down really easy. Um, I ran it. It's hard. It's not easy. Like after the, even that first chug and you run, it's like, yeah, it's, it's pretty rough. It took me nine minutes or something, but that's a really fun event. We're going to be doing some virtual um, NA beer miles this year and really try to spruce it up and um, do another kind of in-person later on in the year too. So if you're in, let me know. <laughs> that's so fun. I, I'm very intrigued. I've never lost fantasy football, but that's always our, uh, the loser has to do the beer miles. So I think maybe we could get some, some other people interested. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think it's time to start getting toward the beer itself. Very excitingly. Um, so before we actually get into some tastings here, um, what can you tell us? I, I think some people are a little, I don't know, confused or just don't understand as much about, you know, just the actual science of brewing a non-alcoholic beer. Um, is there just like anything you can share about the brewing process or how that all comes together? Uh, yeah. Um, full disclaimer, I'm not a brewer, but um, I've definitely learned a lot more about beer and brewing in the last, you know, three years. Um, so, um, you know, there, there's um, many 
kind of different methods of brewing non-alcoholic out there. Um, vacuum distillation, I believe, is one. Um, reverse osmosis. Um, I think there's a couple others. Um, uh, as far as ABC, you know, I choose kind of like for the most part to remain ignorant about our um, particular process, but, um, you know, more so enjoy the end product. But um, our process is, is really very similar to normal beer. Um, it, it undergoes like a, a full fermentation, um, but, um, you know, they, they closely monitor like certain variables along the way in the process, um, things like temperature, things like that. Um, and they maintain like a, a low level of alcohol. So um, we're unique in that sense in that nothing's being removed. Um, so, you know, I think that really shows up in, in the kind of end product or the flavor in, in our beers for sure. And how has sort of the brainstorming process for the individual styles? So I wasn't sure. Um, was Run Wild the very first athletic brew? Yeah, um, Upside Dawn and Upside Down, which is the Golden Ale and One Wild, they were um, our first brews and, um, you know, still in many people's favorites here at, at Athletic. So uh, definitely my first love. It was the first NA that I had run wild. Um, uh, yeah, probably the first one I ever taste, be, tasted besides like a Odules or Caliber or something, maybe years earlier, like a sip of that to see what it was like. But um, uh, yeah. Run Wild was, was a belief first with Upside Down. Okay. I'm just curious if there's anything that you can sort of share about the brainstorming process behind the different styles. Like why, like we're about to get into some of the different options here, but you know, what's sort of guided, you know, we want to explore doing this style without alcohol. Like how has the portfolio sort of grown and, and what has that like concepting process been? Um, from my understanding, um, Bill and John, you know, they spent in the beginning, they spent like almost a year, like brewing batch after batch, um, trying to perfect, um, run wild and, and upside down. Um, I believe don't quote me, but they were in a basement and like homebrew type stuff and like, um, God bless them because if I was in a basement trapped with someone for that long brewing, you know, bad batch after bad batch, I'd probably be going for the other person's throat, but, um, it's, it's really, you know, a testament, testament to both of them. Um, you know, I've heard that story and, you know, they, they really faced some big challenges, um, but they persisted with that and stayed true to their vision and, and, and nailed it. Um, and, um, I know run wild in particular, we came out with this series, um, last year in our pilot program where it was called evolving wilds. And it went back to those early days where um, they had some iteration of Run Wild and they were like, oh, that's interesting. And they put it up on the shelf and like, let's do that later. Um, so I know that they, you know, went to a lot of different places with their initial vision for Run Wild and it ended up being this particular thing. Um, but um, yeah, brainstorming, like, you know, our brewers are so talented and they're always coming up with new beers and, stuff I've never even heard of. And, you know, they really run it through that pilot program at the tap room and test its viability. And, um, you know, to me, they're, they're wizards. So, um, I'm sure they have a uh, good, 
good good ideas for you know coming up coming up with certain varieties and um a lot of it is over my head but i just get to enjoy it all so i'm really happy <laughs> not a bad gig there <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, all right, well, let's get to some of the beers that we have. We have four ones in particular here, but I'll let you uh, sort of, wh- where should we begin? What, what, which beer should we start with? Um, I would go, I would probably start with the Upside okay. Dawn, uh, the Golden Ale. Yeah. Here's the can for people watching this video. Nice. I'm also a huge fan of the artwork for the cans that it just, again, going off of the breaking the stigma, it just looks like a brewery can, like a beer can, you know, like it's, uh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. I got some of the artwork behind me. Oh, I've got the big yeah, thing. You're like yeah. double repping. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Upside down. It's, you know, your classic golden ale, um, refreshing, balanced, light bodied, um i think it's only 50 calories um and um it's crafted it's crafted to remove gluten as well so um it's uh it's one of those for the um gluten intolerant that they can enjoy as well um i always equate it to i don't i don't want to call it a lawnmower beer but it is kind of my lawnmower beer like i'm out there doing my lawn and i'm sweating and i want a beer and that's the one i go for you know so yeah, this is like a really classic, uh, you know, I know this is an overused word, but it just is very crushable. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I don't have one in front of me. I, I went with the free wave today, but we'll get to that one too. I would say next, maybe run wild. Okay. Let's... We'll, we'll go up the hop yeah, level. Yeah, okay. Maybe. That's what I was thinking. So run wild is... <laughs> Some more West Coast, yeah. Yeah, um, again, fairly balanced, um, kind of more piney, piney, citrusy um, type aroma and, and taste to it. So, is this your post-run beer? I guess so. I guess it would be. Uh, it's always just my my go-to. Like um, sometimes you get going down the rabbit hole with some of the unique beers that our brewers come out with and like there's so much choice and like and then i'll forget about run wild like how good it is i'm like oh my god like i've missed you you know what i mean um so definitely great after a run uh it's great everywhere it's if you like ipas um you know it's it's really really nice it's that classic like that and and they're having uh, a comeback in in craft beer in that in the sort of trends anyway that the good old fashioned like West Coast IPA because it's you know it's not yeah. heavy it's like this really crisp beautiful concentration of the pininess and some citrus and I mean you take a sip of Rum Wild and it's like really easy to see why people like really fell for this. Cause it's like, Oh, I can't like, I can't believe this doesn't have alcohol in it. You cannot tell the difference. You, f- you know, you're getting a special craft West coast style IPA. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we've found like, we've done obviously tons of samplings and handouts and stuff. And like you find people that don't typically like IPA that somehow end up loving ours. Like, you know, Sometimes, you know, sometimes people are scared of, you know, IPA went so far, like it's like, you know, definitely, you know, uh, this is just that, 
as you said, that session IPA and it's, I don't know, there's something really unique about it. You're really tasting the hops, you know, um, I always wonder like, um, you know, alcohol obviously like, um, enhances flavors to some degree, but like, you know, the, I always think about like the lack of it, I guess, like when it's non-existent, what does that mean? Like, are you truly tasting the hop, you know? Um, these are the things you think about when, you know, you're crushing non-alcoholic IPAs. It does actually allow a little (laughs) bit more introspection. I feel like right on the flavor and aroma, like you can really concentrate on the beverage at hand. Right. Yeah, I think so. Um, Um, so from there, we'd definitely go free wave, which, um, you know, run wild being my first love this, you know, if, if I was on a desert Island and someone, you know, I could only have one crate of beer delivered to me on that desert island. The free wave would be full to the brim. <laughs> would be my choice. So, what puts this one over the edge for you? <laughs> um, I always just loved like big hoppy IPAs. I'm sorry, like that was my thing, and uh, I just I remember the first time I had this, and I was like, I really couldn't believe it. I was like, how did they manage to do this? Like, um. It was, you know, all those, like, Treehouse would have been one of my favorites um, or Trillium or one of those, like, a few years mm-hmm. back. I don't know. I was just getting all of that again, and I was like, man, this is unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, big kind of bold, hoppy, hazy IPA. Um, I think uh, the hops are Amarillo, Citra, and Mosaic. Um, and I really should have it in a glass, but I, sorry, I hopped on with just a can. I was in a bit oh. of a rough. So. <laughs> I mean, it can, it can be enjoyed in any format. Uh, I do yeah. think I actually, that's so interesting. That's like dead on. I think this free wave is a beer that if you have someone who's like trillium treehouse IPA obsessed and they're like, Oh, I could never drink a non-alcoholic beer. Like this could change that tune. Like this is up to that task. Yeah, I think so. Um, definitely on some of the forums and stuff I'm on, people talk about it a lot. And yeah, it's one of our best sellers for sure. I, I feel like it's a misconception with non-alc beer too, that there's n- nothing can be hoppy. And I, like you were saying, like, I think some people think when you take the alcohol out that somehow the hops are gone too. And it's like far from the case. And um, you really do get to focus on those hop flavors. And I think for people that maybe don't, um focus on the like different types of hops and what that actually means like you always see it when you read the description but you don't really know like the difference between the types of hops and i I think that's great that you can kind of work on your palate as well yeah yeah for sure um and then the final one would be all out which is our um extra dark um i've been enjoying this all out over the winter um and uh you know i've always had a haven't had an affinity for it but um even more so recently um my dad called me and he he uh was like i'm loving all out all out he's like this is amazing now my dad has he's an irish like irish born and bred um he's probably drank more guinness than there is water in the atlantic you know to hear him say that he'd done his first dry January, like really blew me away. And, you know, he got, he got all out in that local watering hole and everything. So, 
um, yeah, if that screw could be turned, any, any screw can be turned for sure. So I was really happy to hear that. So it made me just appreciate all out a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's um, really full bodied, um, probably coffee, chocolate notes in there. Um, and uh, yeah, just a really nice uh, stout style for, for, you know, the fireplace and winter and whatever else you do at, over Christmas time. Cuddle up with a blanket, probably. This one might be my favorite, actually. I, or maybe it's just like it's it's the newest one to me. Um, I love it. I, by the way, over the weekend had this with. Uh, I happened to have a graham cracker, and the combination that's like that was like a a boring old graham cracker has never been like such a good snack as having it with this beer. It was like very complimentary uh, flavor notes there. Nice. I want to. I want to put a big scoop of vanilla ice cream in there. That's sort of my next venture. That sounds amazing. Yeah. 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 This one's. Yeah. I was the most curious about this one about this flavor because um, it's. I don't know why I thought it would be the hardest to replicate and um, like just looking at the color. The color looks like spot on. Yep. It does bridge a gap, I feel like, between a stout and uh, also sort of having a big moment now are just like the dark lagers because it's got, mm -hmm. it, it hits the stouts a little bit of the sweetness, but it's like definitely not too heavy and not too sweet. And it's like got that, that subtle sort of like roast to it and it has like a clean finish. It's just like really well balanced. Yeah, yeah, all that. I think it's 90 calories on that one, which is, again, like blows my mind. I can probably have three or four of those and still be okay. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Um, so what kind of responses uh, have you been noticing from consumers in terms of like, are people reaching for all out like as like a seasonal sort of indulgence, you know, uh, is the free wave super like what, what sort of responses are you getting from people? Are you seeing people be really shocked when they try these at, you know, at how good they are and everything? Um, usually it's like from my standpoint, you know, I do a lot of like samples. It's always fun to get out and get in front of people. And um, yeah, like truthfully, there's always kind of that jaw drop moment of like, man, I, you know, I can't believe how, t how good this tastes. And like, you know, for a non-alcoholic, that's great. But, um, I just feel like we're, we're kind of, you know, at this point where we're being judged against, you know, in the industry, at least we're kind of being more, there's a bit of an even playing field now. Like last year we won, um, craft brewery of the year um, through Brewbound um, against alcoholic and non-alcoholic. So, you know, we're putting up a fight with the best of them, really, and kind of holding through th through that. Like we're um, kind of standing more shoulder to shoulder. Um, but out in the market, yeah, there's, you know, the, re the response has always been really positive um, from kind of the existing base, plus like any new consumers coming in, they um uh you know as i said before really enjoy the the choice the variety and um the taste as well so yeah really positive cool um so i think you know one sort of big area of enjoying craft beer 
is like the food pairings and and being able to like cook or bake with it. Uh, so are are these things that people can still do with non-alcoholic beer? And if so, are there any, you know, sort of tips or any go-to recommendations from you? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've seen lots of recipes pop up in some of the non-alcoholic forums that I'm, um, that I'm, uh, involved in, but, um, yeah, you can absolutely do the same, uh, things with non-alcoholic as, you know, alcoholic versions, um, you know, beer battered fish and chips or anything of that nature. Um, I do, um, have a bunch of recipes that, um, I can share with you. Um, you could, uh, I think they'll be linked in the description here on the uh, podcast. Um, we have some, uh, jackfruit, uh, carnitas tacos, um, that's paired with our cerveza. Um, we have all out, uh, brownies, which are really, really nice. Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's something I could definitely, uh, indulge in, uh, more than once. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we have a whole variety. I can, uh, uh, link to those and, and, uh, your listeners can definitely check them out. Yeah, we'll link to those. And uh, people should definitely take pictures of what they make and tag Athletic and Tap Room, just saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's let's wrap things up here by looking to the future. You know, Athletic has already done so much and, and really, you know, really done so much for the non-alcoholic market for the craft beer space. Um, what it's like, can you even get like how much further can you go? But I'm sure that you have big things in the works. So do you want to just end by telling us what the future holds for athletic brewing company? Uh, yeah. Um, on the ABC front, um, you know, I'm excited. Um, you know, we have an amazing team, you know, collectively we've crossed a lot of bridges so far and, uh, done great things. And, um, you know, I think we'll, there's many more ahead of us and we'll, we'll, uh, meet those challenges that are upcoming. But, um, you know, recently we've started to expand internationally. So I'm really excited to see that, um, entering markets where, um, non-alcoholic, you know, has maybe had a head start, um, which I didn't know, to be honest, you know, I'm European and I didn't know that I'm Irish and I didn't know that Ireland had a, you know, crazy non-alcoholic scene, but I know now, uh, Germany, UK, places like that. Um, so, um, the foundation, you know, what we built, it's really positive, really strong. Um, really looking forward to, to next chapters. Um, we, you know, we want to keep our heads down, um, make high quality non-alcoholic beer. Um, you know, that's definitely something we, we can control. Um, anything outside of that, you know, tech distribution, marketing sales, you know, whatever it is, we, it's a challenge that we kind of will rise to. And, um, as I said before, as well, we were, you know, we're launching our third brewery, um, in Milford, it's a massive facility. Um, so trying to keep up with demand, which is a really good problem to have. Um, but that third brewery is, you know, another kind of huge milestone for us. Um, so, you know, very exciting times ahead, uh, there. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, exciting times ahead onwards and upwards as they say. Awesome. Well, I know we're excited. Uh, so yeah, this was really interesting and so fun to go through all the different options here. So thank you so much for taking the time to walk us through everything. 
thank you so much for having me on the show Courtney and Hannah it's been fun cheers cheers, cheers everyone <laughs> looking forward to that beer mile next year yeah, cheers everyone bye Thank you so much, Dermot and Athletic Brewing Company. And thanks everyone for listening to WTF Am I Drinking? Head to Taproom to try the athletic styles you just heard about and are no doubt itching to stock up on. And let us know what you thought of this episode. Find Taproom on Instagram and Twitter at Taproom Beer. And tell us if you have any burning questions about beer styles, hard seltzer techniques, and more. We just might do an episode of WTF Am I Drinking about it. Cheers! Cheers!